This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Where, if someone's listening right now and this sounds appealing to them, Zupan's is hiring. I'm going to read a couple of positions they have available now. Assistant store director, meat team member, food service assistant manager, cashiers, produce team member, a wine and beer steward, and cheese production. So those are that's a diverse list of things that are uh, opportunities available at Zupans now. I know when I go in there, the employees look very happy. So oh, yeah. they're, tr- they're treated well. So uh, check that out if you're interested in doing something new and uh, working for a great company. Definitely. So I the the wine and beer steward job opening sounds very interesting, Chris. I'm sure there are quite a few listeners there that would like to do that and are maybe qualified. The only way to sure. know is to apply and find out. There you go. Also, don't forget to take advantage of things that are currently on sale. I did this just the other day. They're fresh and wild king salmon fillets, $26.99 a pound through August 30th. We did this uh, over the weekend, Chris, and I got the most beautiful fresh salmon fillet on the grill, and it was so good. You almost don't need to season it that much because it's just so fresh and tastes so great. So pick that up at your local zoo pants. That's great. That's a $10 savings per pound too so that's nice that's significant you can also get local blueberries right now still out there and they're juicy and fresh at Zupans as well i just got have you ever uh gotten the um the cherry tomatoes there they're a bicolor yeah. tricolor cherry tomatoes mm-hmm. those are so delicious i just came home with those i just put them on the counter and and munch on those all the time along with the last of the season i would imagine bing cherries and those were a good deal um, I think they were like seven bucks a pound for seven ninety nine. Maybe don't hold me to that, but uh, one of the two, delicious. Really can't go wrong in the uh, produce department. And we talk about this all the time. All of the departments at your local Zupans is just uh, uh, just so great. So you can stop by the deli counter and pick up some summer salads. They've got those on sale right now, eleven ninety nine a pound. Or you know, swing by the meat counter. We were just talking about the fish. How about a New York steak? Those are on sale right now as well through the end of the month. The best thing for you to do if you want to know about all the things going on at your local Zupans is to sign up for the news feed. You can do that on the website zoopans.com it tells you about the sales and specials going on events and sometimes you get a great deal and get something for free that's a good deal and they don't overdo it with the emails it's generally one a week sometimes two but things you might want to know so if you if you want to just do it live you can go into their stores uh and west burnside and also mcadam and the store in lake oswego is beautiful too Um, So those are three locations in addition to the website. All right, here it is. Time once again. It is Portland's Food Scene Podcast right at the fork with your host, Chris Angelis from Portland Food Adventures. I'm co-host Court Johnson. Hello, Court. How hey. are we today? We're, we're great. It's, you know, it's the dog days of summer as we uh, start to wrap up not only August, but summer itself. And so it's a, a perfect opportunity to talk about ice cream. That'll be part of our conversation today. Well, not only that, but you mentioned the dog days of summer. We're going to talk about ice cream that is made especially for dogs. How about that? Oh, 
Wow. See, I, you you hinted to that off off air before you and I were just chit-chatting, and you mentioned that, and it didn't quite register with me. Uh, I thought it was just kind of influenced by but this is Ice Cream for Dogs. Ice Cream for Dogs, and even better, it's being released today. Wow. So Friday the 26th, I believe that is. And um, it's, we're recording this a little before that. But, you sure. know, on this podcast, we don't talk about food very much. We do not want to be a publicity, uh, a pu- publicity opportunity for restaurants because that's all we would be doing. And then we would be talking about things in the past because our archives right. get listened to quite frequently. So we want things to be evergreen. However, in this particular episode, we're speaking with Tyler Malik of Salt and Straw. Won't be our f- the first time we've spoken with him or his cousin Kim, the two co-founders of Salt and Straw. Uh, so you can go back. By the way, uh, and I'm kind of meandering a little bit here, but I don't know if people know this, but they can go to the rightatthefork.com website, which is where all our podcasts live in addition to Spotify and wherever people might get their podcasts. But there's a mm-hmm. search bar in there, and you can go in there and search for anybody who's been on the podcast. And in this case, you can put in Kim Malik and listen to his cousin, which is a great interview, or Tyler Malik and listen to the previous interview that goes back to 2015. Both interesting. A lot has happened since we first interviewed them, and that's why we wanted to have Tyler back. He's become a father. He's about to become a father again in another couple of months. Uh, and of course, anybody who knows Salt and Straw probably knows that they have expanded outside of the Portland region. Not only have they expanded their Portland presence, they're in Beaverton now too, to the suburbs, but they're in Miami, they're in Los Angeles, um, they're Downtown in Disney. Yes, they're in Disney. They're in San Francisco. So they're a big, bigger company now, a thousand employees, and it was down to as few as eight in the beginning of the pandemic. So um, it's interesting to talk to him. So, you know, here's the thing about the people in the food industry. I love to go learn about their lives that don't have anything to do with work, and often we end up at work because that's what they do. Right. They're passionate yeah. about it. So that's not the necessarily the reason why we ended up with Tyler, but it's really fascinating to have a conversation with him. Um, oh, look, my printer decided to do maintenance out of the blue. Um, <laughs> it's really interesting to have a conversation with him about the tasting process and his creativity and the employees and what they're charged to do and how they do it. Um, so it's kind of fascinating. You know, our ice cream is kind of a universal thing and it's a fun thing. So um, it's interesting to hear how um, the experience that they want you to have at Salt and Straw and the experience, how they hire people to give you that experience as well. So we go into a lot of that. But the reason that we were doing this podcast is I saw that Salt and Straw is coming out with an ice cream made specifically for dogs. Tyler is a, uh, is a dog lover. Um, he has currently has two dogs who are a little older and he sadly, um, had another one that left us or left him recently. And, uh, he had the, some of the same challenges I did with Oakley when Oakley passed, when that was getting food down them. And I know I got to ice cream as a last resort for a few times and he 
did that and wanted to develop something that was healthier for dogs. And uh, my favorite thing about what they're doing is you can go to Salt and Straw website and order it to be delivered. You can go in and get a 12-pack at any of the Salt and Straw locations. But for people like me who don't have quick access, it's kind of cool to be able to do that and give a dog a special treat. So um, we talked about that and uh, in, the, in this episode and also... Um, lots of other good things that come with being a father and how that affects your viewpoint as a business owner and just a really good guy, man. Last time it's a hard time to get together. We don't get together at events anymore with a lot of people and Tyler and I, after we stopped recording, realized that we just really enjoyed talking with each other. At least I enjoy talking with him. I know that. And he's a sincere guy. So, um, it's a really great conversation, and I'm sure it's one we will repeat again in the future, as we have with both episodes with the Maliks so far. Did I was that? Do, do I sound like I just had ice cream and I was on hyperdrive there, Court? Well, no, I'm piecing it all together. I'm following. Good. Just as long as you're not giving yourself a brain freeze, Chris. No, no brain freezes. But um, but no, he's really one of the nicest guys. And I'll tell you what the the uh, character, his character comes through in what they do because when you go into a salt and straw shop um, there's a positive atmosphere it is a little bit like Disneyland so um, I don't know I'm sure they wouldn't mind that uh, that analogy because they're involved with them too so sure um, but it's a happy place and you know he suggests I think this is really cool one of the things you'll hear in this is he wants his uh, the the team members who serve ice cream to encourage everybody to try everything even though there's a line out the door they he wants you to have that experience a little scoop of everything you can't have a big scoop of everything but you can't have a little scoop and i think that's really cool because you know one of the beauties of food is finding things that you normally wouldn't think you would want to order and find it's delicious and that's what you can do at salt and straw so All right, Uh, you'll hear a lot about that in the interview. So let's just get to this interview right now with Tyler Malik of Salt and Straw. Listen to it and share it with your friends. Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupans and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers as well as local chefs know that Zupans is the place to find the very best Northwest bounty in Portland, West Burnside, McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years. Zupans Markets. Ringside Steakhouse. For over 78 years now, Ringside has has been providing the best in steaks and has been the home for the beacon of great hospitality in Portland. Now featuring dining in their updated dining room and al fresco in one of the nicest outdoor dining spaces in the city. Make a reservation today at ringsidesteakhouse.com and while you're there, sign up for their mailing list to be the first to find out about the exciting specials and events going on at Portland's beloved Hallmark restaurant, Ringside Steakhouse. And by Portland Food Adventures. Featuring the best chef-centric experiences in Portland since 2010. 
Go to PortlandFoodAdventures.com to see about the exciting trips our host Chris Angeles leads to places you have dreamed of going, like Western Sicily this September. It's time to stretch your international wings and expand your culinary horizons. Let Portland Food Adventures do all the planning to the best dining and culture all over Europe and elsewhere with Portlanders you'll get to know and enjoy. PortlandFoodAdventures.com no, I appreciate you taking the time, man. I know you're busy. How busy are you these days? You know, oh. Salt and Straw is a, is a happening organization. What, <laughs> sure. what is your What is your involvement? Uh, you know, what do you do? You're still the chef, correct? Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. So how much of your week is spent actually with in the kitchen? Let's put it that way. Um. Well. It depends on how you think of it in the kitchen, because I think it's like 75% of the time. But most of it is um, I I kind of have a, a team in more of my R&D kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the nice thing is at this point, we've kind of, um, you know, we've got an army of about 110 people in our on our main floor production and uh, kitchen kind of bakery. Um and so I get to focus really heavily on kind of the new products that are coming out, what's coming out nine months from now. What are we, you know, what are we training the team on next week? Like those sorts of things. Um, mm-hmm. So it becomes a little bit kind of this higher level um, thinking. And then I've got a team that's kind of walking around on my behalf, checking, tasting every batch and bringing it to me. So it becomes, um, it's, it's like, it's pretty incredible. Uh, yeah, I would imagine that compared to that food cart outside of Aviary, yeah, uh, it's a whole driving everything thing. over in my yes, Subaru. I'm yeah, just, I guess I'm just curious. Yeah, by the way, is it a BMW now instead of a Subaru? I got a truck finally. I finally <laughs> got my dream Toyota. Um, oh, nice. So, yeah. Uh, um, so I'm just curious as to you know you're what? How many years into it now? Into Salt and Straw? Uh, almost twelve. That's what I yeah, thought. Yeah, 11 and a half. In the, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how time flies. Um, so at 11 and a half years, do you still, you know, are there times where you're like, I've thought of everything I'm going to think about? Or do you always <laughs> think that you're going to no. stretch the boundaries and find some new flavor that is, that is earth-shaking and um, exciting? No. Oh, my gosh. It's the, kind of the opposite. Like, I just feel like... I mean, the tricky thing is like we've over 12 years, we've been really fortunate to grow. So, you know, now we're open in San Francisco and Seattle and Los Angeles and Miami. And, um, and I think the bigger struggle is like, how do we make sure that we're getting, we're always getting back to our roots, you know, cause when we were just open in Portland, it was so easy for me to like, um, hang out at Breakside Brewery and like just all this, you know, like chat with the brewers and create a flavor there. Um, or, you know, go to Le Pigeon and hang out with Gabe and like make, make ice cream flavors back, like just brainstorm ice cream flavors after service, you know, like that was, um, and now it's hard to replicate that times five times six times 10. Um, and so more so like, how do we systematize what we, that kind of like ad hoc creativity and be, you know, being friends with everyone in the industry, um, how do we kind of like systematize that for the entire country? And do you do that on a local basis? Do you go down to Los Angeles and know those chefs and develop something just for that market that people may know about or Miami or wherever? Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's the tricky thing is like, how do you keep that network um, alive um, while also, while still living in Portland? It's uh, so it, it's, it's a, that's something we're still learning how to do. Um, but it, it makes it really cool. Cause I think my dream is that at wherever you're at in the country, you know, if you're in Miami, I hope you feel like it's a, we're a local Miami company. Uh, because of what you see on the menu and how you feel and what the style of service is and the people that are serving you. Um, I'm hoping that you can kind of transport you and kind of feel like it's part of, a th- a, you know, threaded into that neighborhood. And have you been surprised that certain flavors work in certain markets and they don't work elsewhere for any yeah. reason? Oh, no, 100%. I think like... Um, I mean, for I think a, a really good example is our coffee ice cream. Um, I remember really since day one, we've always done kind of a cold brew coffee ice cream. Um, I love the way cold brew is just like refreshing and it's almost like um, it feels like a little icy almost in ice cream. It doesn't have that kind of dark chocolatey espresso. Instead, you taste a lot more of the floral notes and um, and like some caramel notes in the coffee that you would never taste if we made like a traditional espresso Java chip. Um, And so we've worked with, you know, roasters from all up and down the West coast, including, you know, obviously starting with Stumptown in 2011, but then um, we've worked with uh, James coffee in San Diego and Cyclass coffee in San Francisco. And um, now Cova is kind of our go-to right now um, here in Portland. And every time you use a different bean, every time you use the same bean in a different time of year, you can taste a significant difference. Um, I think that's really beautiful. And we tried to serve that in Miami where they have, you know, they're used to taking their beans and roasting them really dark, getting all those chocolatey kind of um, almost ashy flavors into it. And, um, and as soon as we served it, people were like, they didn't understand. Um, which was a cool learning for me as a cook, you know, cause I think you, you quickly learn like, Oh, of course, like there's this heritage of, you know, Cubano coffee um, mm-hmm. and ton of, you know, uh, uh, adding a ton of sweetened condensed milk and et cetera, et cetera. And there's actually like this respect that you have to learn when you start cooking there uh, that that's, that's what they've grown up. And that's actually this really unique taste to the city, um, the style um, and so working with a local roaster, there, kind of mimicking using some of the same like philosophy of single origin, um, and same philosophy of, you know, a care and how they roast it, but they roast it for an extra 20 minutes longer than what, what they do out here. Um, maybe 10 degrees hotter. And so there's, there's this really fascinating kind of education and it's been like that for everything. Like obviously the fruits and the kind of the, the local agriculture, we don't have pine. We don't have pineapples here in Oregon. I've never cooked with pineapples, but they don't have marionberries in, in in Miami, so they wouldn't expect you to cook with marionberries. Um, so or you know, would they that enjoy kind of, that because it's new. And you know, I remember yeah. when I first from the East Coast came out to Montana and was eating huckleberries, oh, or gosh, when yeah. I came out west and bought cherries on the side of the right. road and drove around Washington and just oh, gorged mm-hmm. to the point where I was, I couldn't believe how full I was. So. So they, yeah, yeah, they must like that too. It works both. How ways. do you share it, but also pay respect to what's there? It's this really careful balance for sure. Um, and I think we quickly learned too recently that um, we are a proud organ company, and that's something that like is kind of a counterbalance to kind of to your point. That's a counterbalance like exporting what makes Portland epic 
to the country while also paying respect to what makes their region um, beautiful um, from an agricultural and, you know, kind of a cooking perspective. And so how do we kind of balance those? When you come into a salt and straw in Miami, you should see this, like the pride of Oregon olive oil and the Pinot Noir that we're exporting and like, um, you know, our Marionberries are, um, but you should also see, you know, Sapote and, um, you know, uh, well, that's a balancing act, though. You got to go exactly. both. You got to make sure both are covered: the Oregon yeah. heritage and the and the local heritage too. It's really tricky. I don't know the right answer. I don't think I'm yeah. great at it yet, but we're learning. I would think it would be very difficult because you, as a as a chef, you know, you would be aware of those nuances. Mm-hmm. As a matter of course, this is what you do as a profession. You would be aware of the darker roast versus. You know, some lighter roasts, and right. but I, I would think offhand that most people, most people's exposure to coffee ice cream would be like Starbucks <laughs> Java chip, yeah. or is it Starbucks? I don't even remember. But whoomever makes it, it, yeah. Um, but uh, that would yeah, be someone. as far as they would go. It's just some coffee flavor, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And but but that gives yeah. a lot of uh, credit to the palates of your customers if they're going to notice the differences. And say this isn't exactly what I'm used to, but you know, it's it, but it's it's ice cream. It's not sure. them ordering a cup of coffee that they're used to. It's just coffee flavor and an ice cream. But you're finding that it's way more than that. So that's cool. Well, it is just ice cream. That's exactly it. That's what's so cool about it. Like, um, well, no, it's not just ice cream. Salt and straw it, is not just ice cream. <laughs> It is. I mean, in a beautiful, in the most beautiful way possible. I think that's that's my favorite part of my job is that it's just ice cream, and that's that's it's so freeing. Um, I think you know when you grow up in rest like in, in restaurants, you can't like make a dish um, in the same way that you make ice cream. Like ice cream is inherently sampled, right? You go to an ice cream shop, and how many are you going to sample, and then buy like the salted malted chocolate chip cookie dough. And that's actually like really, really freeing for me. So we actually, this is, you know, within a couple of years of running Salt and Straw, we realized really quickly that this is like a superpower that we have, that we can actually make flavors that maybe won't ever get purchased, but they create this epic experience for someone to learn about either the food industry or, you know, flavors that they wouldn't have ever tried like bone marrow or foie gras um, mm-hmm. for free in one little spoon of ice cream. Um, and that's, uh, that is one that is, in my opinion, that's my superpower. We get to make products that I don't have to care about if they sell or not. Um, in fact, sometimes I'll make a flavor and I'll be like, that is the most, that's the coolest bite of ice cream I've ever had. I don't want a scoop of it. Um, and I hope customers feel the same way sometimes in the weirdest way. So hopefully that's, yeah. Well, that mirrors tasting menus, right? At restaurants that are just one or two bites. Totally. And then yeah. you get a you get a sample, and I find you know I've complained about tasting menus in my life because <laughs> I like something so much, I yeah. want more. And then yeah. I have this terrible. I have my memory in so many ways is bad, but it's a bad food memory. If you asked me if I was a, and I have been oh, no. Michelin yeah. star restaurants, yeah. what was what was your favorite thing? And you asked me three weeks later, I have a really tough time recalling and i've always cited that it's because i only got one or two bites of it i didn't have a whole (laughs) dish so Uh, that's that's interesting that's also like also part of it it's so like um ethereal it's disappearing it's it's just there for a moment in time that's kind of cool too i guess i don't know i love that 
Yeah. Well, that's also why there are lines outside of all your shops because everybody gets to taste a little, a little, yeah. a lot. So, yeah, um, I hope you taste every single flavor. I call it growing the around the world, tasting mm-hmm. everything on the menu. And I try when we're training, I train. I, you know, I talk to every new team member before they start in the shops and I tell them, I'm like, if you can talk someone into tasting every flavor in the menu, regardless of how long the line is, I will like I'll personally drive over to your shop and give you a high five. You know, like that is like one of the coolest things you can do because it will change someone's perception on what is possible in the world. When all of a sudden you just, you taste all of these and you go on this kind of tasting journey um it's like i like i like to think of it it's like when you get a new cd is that a thing still like a, when you get an album right and you listen to right. everything in order front and backside, um and you actually dedicate the time and the, the energy and you under, start to see like the tempo that the the producer was trying to put behind the music um that's what tasting through an entire menu at salt and straw is like in my opinion i hope that's kind of lofty i know but so do you suggest everybody goes rear left to right and then do you have it set up that way is that your is that your yeah. album list i write um, it top to bottom but no one has ever, i don't think there's only a few people in the world that have followed me <laughs> um uh but yeah, yeah well that well that's also nowadays uh, you know musicians i don't know how that's working but man you're just listening to playlists and one song exactly. one or yeah. a few songs and you know it's funny when i do go to spotify and pick out an album that you know it goes way back for me to the 60s and 70s i have this i talked a moment ago about how my memory is so poor but if i go to an album i used to listen to yeah. when i was younger i know i'm just waiting for the beat of the next song when it's coming up <laughs> i know exactly what that's going to be yeah um so it's a di- You're like it's ready a, for di- it yeah that's different but it is it's interesting I that you that. um it's analogous to uh music because it's that same experience and going into a salt and straw is way more of an adventure than going into baskin robbins and trying their you know their flavors and saying yeah. well, we have a taste of this that's Hopefully all I'm generally kind of expected <laughs> right. right but right. but they yeah. haven't changed much in how many years whereas you're how how often are you changing it up? If uh, in a specific shop, um, how often is there turnover on the on the flavors over the year? We drop a new menu on the first Friday of every month. Um, and then, how many of those are standards that are always going to be there? The you yeah, know, the s- s- strawberry balsamic black pepper. How many are, yeah. are always going to be there, and how many? Are That's new? like so. Our our main menu is twelve flavors, and they're slightly different between in most cities. Um, but those 12 flavors are like the core classics, right? Those don't change that often. And those are, it's like salted caramel. They're timeless. Um, and then our f- seasonal menu is five flavors. And those change on the first Friday. It's always a month. It's a, it's always a theme. And I think that's really, that was always, go th- that was like a throwback to fine dining. Um, mm-hmm. When you go to, you know, Matt Leitner's restaurant, and there'd be like, you know, he was doing the into the woods theme or, you know, like, um, uh, so it was, uh, that, that's kind of, that was our foundation, um, to launch just this new menu every month and let the themes kind of be, um, they, they, they move with the seasons, but they're not seasonal. 
Is that okay to say? And does that make it so? Like an example is like. No, we'll have to edit that out. That was terrible. <laughs> you know. So okay, okay. So like in July, right? It's like all we're getting flooded with berries in Oregon on the West Coast right. in general. Like strawberries are all of a sudden like blowing up. Like they go down to like two ninety nine a pound because there's so many coming out of California. You know, like. And they weren't um, as good this year, by the way. I don't know about yours, but mm-hmm. I did. I was so look always look forward to strawberry season. And I, I don't yeah. remember having a, a little pint of hoods that I loved. I had a couple. Year. There was a couple, but I, yeah, I was honestly I had a couple up in Canada, like in Vancouver, that I really that were really good. Oh, but cool. Maybe that's speaking to uh, global warming. Um, no, yeah, it could be. I th- yes, it was just a weird season this year, but. Uh, but you know, so July is berries for at salt and straw. We just do a case study, five different berries, different and served in different ways. Um, but then sometimes the menu will change throughout the year. So like berries in July, and then like we get less literal, a little bit more, um, you know, uh, evocative come October where it's like, uh, this whole like ghostly menu. Like we want a haunted house version of five scoops of ice cream. Um, and then in January we get up on our soapbox and talk about vegan ice creams and how we can make, um, ice cream that doesn't use dairy in some of the most decadent ways possible. Um, you know, so, and you know, we love that idea of kind of pushing people's limits, um, while still leaning into the season. Um, we get to really, I, I think that's a really important part of salt and straw as well as having a perspective on the world. So using our menus to talk about important causes like, um, well, we've talked about basic rights through our flavors, talking about um, reducing food waste through our ice cream, um, talking about education and creativity in a post-COVID world. You know, like all of these are just really fun topics that we take on with five scoops of ice cream at a time. That is, uh, I think that's fantastic. And also, you know, as you were talking about you know, the different flavors. I've always felt the best thing chefs can do or a restaurant experience can do is to encourage people to try things that they never would order. That's Mm -hmm. why I like fixed menus. And that's why I like, one of the things I love about what I've been doing with Portland Food Adventures, in the beginning, we didn't take requests for food allergies or anything. This is an adventure. And if you, if you have, if you want to dictate what it's going to be, this is probably not the thing for you. But Mm -hmm. I really liked that it was about chefs wanting you to try something new and expand Mm -hmm. your, Mm -hmm. expand your uh, horizons with food. And I think that's great that you're encouraging your, your team members to encourage others to try things that they normally wouldn't take. I mean, most people, yeah. I, I've been yeah. in Salt and Straw enough. I mean, I don't live there, but I've been there enough to, to know that I've heard people go, pear and blue cheese ice yeah. cream, right? So, and then, yeah, but you got to try it. It's so it. fun. You, it's so fun. It's and right there, by the way. Spoonful. Just try it. Yeah, you yeah. just have to try it. And then sometimes, like, if it's really, you, if I can tell, like, they're going to, I, I'll have like a spoonful of like vanilla ready in the waiting. I'll be like, just chase it with this, you know? Yeah. But it's actually usually really fun and good. And usually they're like, uh, my favorite is the OMG moment. Cause they're like that. I'm not going to like that. And then they put the spoon in the mouth and like, Oh my God, that was yeah. actually really good. You know? So I, I think that's really um, some of my favorite. And I, I think, yeah, that I, it's so interesting. You're kind of talking about that like personalization or customization and how much 
I mean, this is something I've really struggled with too, is like how much do you allow someone to customize their product or, you know, what, what you're serving them um, versus not. Uh, you know, it's kind of like it goes back to like the old school, like do you put salt on the table for your t- your diners? Um, and that's something that, you know, for us, like we don't have, we don't really, we don't have caramel sauce or hot fudge. Um, we have sprinkles and even those actually kind of annoy me. Um, but you got to do it. That's because it changes it. You got to be commercial yeah. a little bit. Um, but yeah. But how do you like, so how, what, what kind of personalization do you allow for versus what, what don't you? And um, that's something that uh, we have been really actually having kind of a lot of fun with, with from like a creative perspective, you know, in our R&D room, playing with different ways that we can allow the customer to personalize their ice cream or encourage them to personalize their ice cream, but not, you know, mess up what the intent of the scoop. Um, and, you know, so, for, so that actually, you know, that leans us into encouraging combining certain flavors of scoops, you know, like uh, lavender ice, honey lavender ice cream with a green fennel and maple ice cream. It's an incredible combination and very classic in French pastry. Um, fennel, lavender, black licorice, like that's all like, it's kind of old school. Um, uh, but it's not, it's not expected. And so you get to kind of personalize it. You get to take, you know, we're like, this is going to be cool. Trust us. Um, Have you ever thought of doing a little board, Chef Tyler's recommended pairings? Because I I generally yeah. like to get two flavors when I go yeah. in and get ice cream anywhere, gelato yeah. in Italy. And and to me, a lot of it is, yeah, what are you going to pair with that chocolate? Or what are you going to – Yeah, what works kind of well secret together? menu. Yeah. Right. So um, I think that would be kind of cool. Yeah, and I think that's where – well, it, and that comes down to service. Like – uh, you know, you wouldn't go to Canard and have a me- and the menu would be like, you know, order this with this, right? Like that's so. But your server, yeah, might but you have a server, you. right? Exactly, yeah, a server to say that goes well together. Yeah, and that's what we that's that's kind of our style. Like, have the servers create this experience for the customer, uh, because that's the whole goal of Salt and Straw is to create this relationship between the server and the customer. Um, that doesn't exist in fast casual very often anymore. Um, how do we make sure that, you know, instead of staring at your phone as you're ordering, how do you look up and taste and actually get this moment of full face attention from your your server? Um, because I think that's so, just so important nowadays. That kind of begs the question. And you know what? I, when we started this when I scheduled this, I wanted to talk about dogs and, and ice cream sure. for dogs. And I, and I want to talk day, about yeah. your life, and we'll get there. But I, and, and this podcast is generally not about food and restaurants per se. And we're sure. doing that, okay. and I love it because you have such a unique experience. It's, kinda, it's very fun to hear about. It's not like just talking about a general restaurant and what they do there. Yeah. Here, it's a very different experience. But it begs the question from a, from a business standpoint um, – it's no secret right now, labor is tough. Right. So sure. you're not only charged with getting people to scoop ice cream, you're charged with getting people to think and, mm. and, mm-hmm. and really be creative and think outside the box. That's got to be difficult right now to continue with that expectation. Or do you, uh, you know, I've talked to a lot of restaurateurs and other business people who say, well, I only hire the best people. Well, yeah, that's mm-hmm. a great mm-hmm. goal. Uh, but how do you actually do that? Mm-hmm. 
Um, we're, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's 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 been really hard to find great team members, um, and we've had to got, get way more creative um, than we used to. We used to be, you know, kind of the the or we've always been considered kind of the employer of choice, like really the one of the top places in a city to work at. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's a really fun environment. And so we've, we haven't really in the past had troubles um, as much as even other companies have had. So yes, we've had to get creative, um, putting on job fair parties and things like that. The nice thing that we have going for us and something what we consider kind of our hiring um secret sauce is that it's a little less technical to make to serve ice cream um, and so we don't necessarily need as much service experience or really any service experience um, compared to what other restaurants really need you know you don't need to be able to read a ticket or type you know um, you just need to be nice um, and that's happy. so that be ice cream is nice, a happy experience unapologetically positive um, and so that's what we look for in people. And, um, that opens up our hiring pool to tens of thousands of more people than your standard restaurant, right? Because we can hire someone and often it's their first job. And all we looked for on your resume and in the interview was whether or not you were just a really kind and happy person. Um, and so that's kind of cool, right? Like that's what we train our managers. Look for someone that's really nice. And is going to just have fun and be a fun person to work with for the rest of your team. Um, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay. You know, um, and there's secrets that we, we, we coach and how you look in their resume. Like, do they have a passion in something? Because if they're passionate, then they're probably going to fall in love with talk. You know, they're going to share that passion with the customer. Right. It's going to show through, um, you know, do they, uh, do they, yeah, do they, are they friendly? Are they, you know, like all these little things that, uh, you know, from a traditional uh, restaurant experience, I think this is kind of, I think Danny Meyer was one of the first to write about it, kind of talking about the 51%, um, in, you know, is uh, look for these kind of intangibles. And then the technical 49%, you can teach them on. I can teach you how to scoop ice cream really well. It's not going to be that long. I can teach you the talking points of these flavors. Um, but I can't teach you how to be passionate. I can't teach you how to be nice, how to smile, how to, you know, like those are things that just come, um, you know, and you have to bring to the table when you start with us. Um, yeah, that's, well, it's interesting because I think of all the occupations that I can think of, ice cream scooper has to be the happiest, uh, ha is. happiest They're good. one. We um, have some incredible people. We've got about a thousand team members now too. A thousand. Um, That's crazy. Did you so, ever anticipate that when you no. started when it was this? Two? It, yeah. Yeah, when it was two. No, uh, uh, no, not at all. Um, and it wasn't the goal <laughs> well, either. That's what's so important to note, too, is like. Well, if you yeah. know what you're doing and you yeah. believe in it, then that, then good things happen. I, I believe is if you've got heart and passion, yeah, that's where things lead. If you're just doing it for the money, which you never were, mm -hmm. um, then Still it doesn't work. Listen, much. I'd like to break right now for okay. a commercial uh, message. Love it. And uh, we're speaking with Tyler Malik. What is your? You so say your co-founder, your co-owner, and what else? Chef, head for head what, ice what cream maker. It's simple. Head ice cream maker. Yeah. So Tyler Malik of the uh, wonderful Salt and Straw, it's a privilege to be speaking with you right now. We'll be right back after this message. 
Chris, we are pausing just a moment here to talk about one of our favorite places to eat, Ringside Steakhouse, Portland Steakhouse, for over 78 years. That's a long time. You name me a restaurant in Portland that's been, that is as popular now as it was then, that's still going strong, and um, that is as good as Ringside. You can't. No. <laughs> and why would you? No, you wouldn't want to. Just go. So, uh, and there, there are a few reasons to go. They have 16-ounce prime ribeyes on sale right now. You can order those. You go to the website, ringsidesteakhouse.com, and there's a scroll, just like it's CNN. This is news. It's going across. Click on mm -hmm. that and order your prime ribeyes on sale there. Some of the best meat ever. Of course, you can do that when you go in and dine. But I got a suggestion. We were there last night, as a matter of fact, and I've got a suggestion. Have you had any of the, the Wagyu steaks at Ringside Court? I have not, not yet. You've, uh, you've. I think we both have been. I don't know if you've. This is your first time, but I've been eyeballing it for some time, and and now it sounds like I got to do it. No, it's not my first time, but I have a great friend who came in last night from North Dakota, and we were looking at the menu, and I said, "No, stop looking at the menu. I got it." So we, there are three options for wagyu steak: two of them A five, one A four, uh, olive fed. Um, and so we asked Chef to choose which one he wanted to, he thought would be best. Chef Jonathan Gill, who's awesome. And uh, we had one order with a lot of accoutrements that come with it of the Wagyu. Now, it is a little more expensive than one might be used to paying for a steak. It's right. about the cost of two steaks, but, and it's not a large piece. But if one person orders it and then whoever else is there orders what they want to order and you just share a little of that so everybody can taste the most tender delicious steak you're ever going to have it's worth the it's worth it believe me maybe not to do every time you go but to at least have that experience i suggest it strongly that's uh that's that's my word of the day. Wagyu steak. The olive fed A4 was absolutely delicious. Yeah, and you know, we we can't overemphasize that if you want the complete package when it comes to fine dining, Ringside Steakhouse is it from the service to the food uh, to the treatment of everybody. I think I might have shared this on one of our previous podcasts, but I went there with the family a couple of weeks ago, uh, which included, uh, I think, my seven or eight-year-old niece who was struggling a little bit to find something on the menu for her. Uh, and that's when our uh, server knelt down, kind of walked through some things that she could order off menu and made her the most delicious, well, I don't think she made it, but somebody in the back made it, the most delicious pasta dinner for her. And and uh, my, in fact, to the point where my 15-year-old daughter is like, I can't stop thinking about that pasta from Ringside Steakhouse. And that's not so what it's most all people, good. That's, yeah, that's always a nice surprise to get the unexpected um, yep. when you're dining out. So that is fantastic. We had also some uh, watermelon sorbet last night that could not have been more refreshing and delicious yeah. after a fairly rich dinner. So, um, yeah. so those are court those are suggestions from us straight from the heart at portland's yep. uh, ringside steakhouse on west burnside uh you can make a reservation on open table do that now or just go, go to ringsidesteakhouse.com and uh make some reservations through there or you can also order gift cards great gift to give somebody the gift of delicious food and experiences <laughs> 
right, we're back with Tyler Malik. Thanks so much for taking the time. I've only heard a little bit of uh, crying or whining or whatever it might oh, be over yeah. there, and it wasn't yeah. from you. Yeah. Um, and I've got a chainsaw going on over here. I don't know. Can you hear oh, the not chainsaw? At all. No. You're oh, good. You're in the gun. Sorry. I've been wincing. I've been wincing because you know that's why I like the studio. Everything was controlled, and this is yeah. Not a we don't have one and a half year olds coming and slamming on my window. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about that, how being a father has mm -hmm. changed your work life. Uh, yeah. Because when you start, how old were you when you started Salt and Straw? You were a kid. 23. 23. Well, that's, that's a kid as far as yeah, I'm concerned. Yeah, I know. a kid as far no, as I'm concerned. Thank you. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> but 20, 23 and a single guy. And now, you know, you're a responsible father. And, I don't um, know take out responsible on that one i'm a father no of you, some kind. yes you are you know it's you there's no way being i you know i raised two kids there's no way that you give yourself enough credit along the way you're always thinking about <laughs> the shit you do that isn't great that yeah. oh my god that was yeah, not a good fair. parenting move like, are we messing and her up Oh. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're always forgetting about the actual in in aggregate over a yeah. 20 25 year span <laughs> you are a great father and you know it you've got all the Thank bones you. for that yeah. so well she gets a lot of ice cream so i don't there's any dietitians out there um i'm sorry but she eats a lot of ice cream and that makes us friends <laughs> yeah well my father was sticking cigarettes in my mouth and taking pictures when i not was quite uh, five same. years yeah. old so not lit i don't think they're okay. lit but at oh, least same you're so good. you can you're okay with some ice cream i think so <laughs> um and how has uh being a father influenced you as uh, as an ice cream maker um oh that's a good question or is I it think... too early to tell yeah. is it too early to tell she's only one and a half I mean, yeah, she's young. I think for me, uh, I will say like what we've always, Kim and I, when we started the company, um, I think this this balance of work and life has been critical from day one. Um, and when new leaders start the company, we we actually almost have to retrain a lot of a lot of team members, like being at home, getting sleep. <laughs> Um, spending time with your family, having some weekend, you know, weekends off for the most part, like those things are like, you will be 10 times more efficient at work if you can do that. And so um, from that perspective, it wasn't hugely shocking because I think dedicating and really um, uh, prioritizing um, being at home and being dedicated to the moment has always been really uh, important to us. Um, I will say like, I, there are things that I never appreciated um, in making, you know, like in, in, in the world that all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, that's the coolest thing. Like we just opened a new shop um, in Beaverton, um, which I would have, if we were to talk to 10 years ago, I would have said, no, there's no way. Three years ago. Ever. Even three, three years, years ago. ago you wouldn't have. Um, but now, you know, I go out there, we bring her there every weekend. There's a splash pad, which I do you know the splash pads kind of a new thing on the Pacific Northwest. Like, it's the fountains built into the concrete. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, well, they have one in Portland or at least one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so uh, there's a splash pad that's in, you know, in the courtyard at this Beaverton Salt and Straw. And we bring her and we just like let her play for like an hour. And we just sit there and just like it's the coolest thing. And I just, you know, there's certain things like that that I wouldn't have ever understood 
they're valued nearly as much um, because really like that moment bringing your family and just hanging out is so neat. Um, and there's different ways to build experiences, you know, having, having your experience, the splash pad versus having your experience running up and down Northwest 23rd versus going to Alberta on last Thursday. Like those are things that just, um, they're life memories that I always kind of took. I, and maybe I was working so hard in the back room. I didn't quite realize, like I didn't understand what was going on out front or how many family memories were being developed through all of that. Um, so I think there's that newfound respect. Well, it's important also as a, as a parent, especially throughout the pandemic, always looking yeah. for opportunities that are not just, Hey, let's go to salt and strong, get some ice cream. We can do this at the same time. I'm, yeah. uh, you know, I'm yeah. like that with my dog. You yeah. know, I can, Oh, I, I can grab a little run over at Arcadia while yeah. I'm, while we're doing that. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's very cool. And that's and a, do you spend a lot of time at the coast now? More time at the coast than you um, used to? As much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we've got, there's kind of like a, Kim has a house on, in uh, Gearheart that we try to steal as much as possible. Um, and it's so fun because she just like, yeah, Virgie, she's one and a half. She just like lays and rolls in the sand. And our dogs and can just, run free like a yeah, dog. Same thing. Exactly. So. Yeah, yeah. And our dogs just like they'll play ball for hours, and it's um, I'm so I love it out there. It's such a treasure well, in Oregon. Not- no one really understands because I grew up in the Puget Sound, which is also really beautiful. Um, and you know the San Juan Islands, uh, but an open ocean and you know public coast is um. I don't think a lot of people understand that. Yeah. And we'll just clarify for, I'm sure some people listening to this absolutely know and some don't, but Oregon's got the, the 363 miles, which by the way, that's an important thing to me. Um, I'll just leave it at that. I was going to go somewhere else with it. Um, of coastline that is all public. Nobody can tell you to get off. Nobody's really p- policing anything, right? Mm-hmm. I've lived in Manzanita for nine years. I have never seen a park ranger or a cop down there on the beach. And so yeah. you're free. And the, the cool thing is that everybody's pretty trustable, man. There's a mm-hmm. little bit of a, a misunderstanding as far as dogs and uh, dogs being off leash here. Um, but I don't see a lot of trash. I don't, I very little, I will say this and I don't mean to insult a whole state, but the only time I see trash is the week of Washington. Um, is there, uh, is there spring break? That's the only time I see cigarette butts Uh, and cans left on the beach. Yeah. Yeah. Not California. It's always not, well, they don't have that and they don't come up here. So there's two waves. There's the Oregon wave and the Washington wave and the rest is just year round. But that's the only time I see it. But we have this public coast. um, And there's actually, if you look it up, there's a great, the beach bill, the PBS uh, show that covers the beach bill, the Oregon Mm. experience. Yeah. Yeah. Is really awesome to check out. So we have that here and it's a completely different experience. So, yeah. So, but that's a good segue to dogs. I want to talk about your doggy ice cream. Tell me about it. Tell me how you, I guess I don't, it's not a secret how you got there, but maybe there was a moment where you said, Hey, we should just do this. I mean, for us, like, um, it's always been a thing, you know, like always it's, it's kind of like it became, you know, you can go to Starbucks and get like the whipped cream for your little, what do they call that pup whip or something? 
Um, I don't know. It's, you can always get a little whipped cream for your dog when you drive through Starbucks. Um, and so we've we've always had the very similar, like, oh, if you're like, if you ask, if you ask the right way, there's always a little scoop of ice cream, for, vanilla for your dog. And, um, and really, I think it was, you know, this is so cliche, but the like um, National Dog Day, I think two years ago, was what really just like blew up. Um, which is that that's like August 26, I think late August oh, coming up. I, um, yeah, I, I only see that on Facebook. How about all the things we see on Facebook? We I didn't know. Know well, now so, the national day of something is so it's like, that's what we look forward to. It gives us something to look forward to in life. Right. Um, so national dog day. Um, and people were just, Oh my gosh, it blew up. Everyone was getting dog ice cream. And, and for us, we were, I, I think I, I love it, but at the same time, um, you know, sugar, dairy, it's not the healthiest thing for your dogs. And I've got two that are getting a little older. Um, and so we wanted to kind of lean into it. And um, and when you really look into it, dog ice cream is not that good. Uh, I mean, the, the stuff that's out there, there, there's not the kind of thoughtful ingredients and fun playfulness that I think um, that I craved and so we wanted well, to bring that and to you're the not going to get a lot of feedback other than how fast they eat it that's about it so. i know well and that's what so i was and i ate we there's quite a few that i don't know if you, you can or should but we ate a lot of it um as t- testers because <laughs> you have to know uh right. of course i checked the ingredients made sure there's nothing too and, weird in there and you want it to be good for humans too because if right. it's good for humans it's good for dogs so we started making our own um and it's it's um we made it with coconut cream so you still get that creaminess um but without the dairy um we sweetened it mostly with apples um and carrots um so that brought kind of a, a really nice sweetness um some bulking that the sugar would have added um and then um, we put this really cool ribbon of sweet potato that kind of looks like caramel. That's kind of like swirling its way through. Um, and so it's it's kind of this fun, like it's got the textures and the colors. It looks like you might be opening a scoop of sea salt with caramel ribbons from Salt and Straw, but just so happens to be relatively low in sugar, um, no dairy, and uh, really good for your dogs. <laughs> so I love it. Well, I'm excited is- about it. And actually and not nothing- that... And pretty delicious. I'm not going to lie. Like we ate a lot of this in our testing. Um, and it's, it's a little icier of course, cause you know, less sugar and less fat, but it's good. ice. I cream. was wondering why I see your tail wagging. Behind <laughs> right now. So, um, well, yeah, there's nothing better than making your dog happy. And I have to say, you know, my dear Oakley who passed away last year, the last six months of his life were the most difficult I had in many mm-hmm. ways, but one of them was feeding him because mm-hmm. he just stopped he was inconsistent. Yeah. He'd really be interested one day and not the next. And yeah. when I got to probably on a particular day when I tried three or four things and they didn't work, I would just go for the vanilla ice cream. And um, yeah, and he would always he would always stop. He just lick that up pretty quickly. At <laughs> least I know I get. He ate something. I just wanted to see him eat. So that's, that's important. Uh, but there is nothing yeah, better than seeing. You know, I've always said if your dog is happy, you're gonna be you're along for that ride, right? Yeah. So. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Um, so that's that. fantastic. Yeah. Oh, thanks. No, it was a year ago, and I got I have Kodak now, who you know oh. Oakley left his heart and yeah. soul in Kodak, so we have oh. that. But um, you're also delivering this too, right? So people don't necessarily need right. to go to a shop; they can order it online and yeah. have it delivered. Correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, just cases at twelve, um, so you can come in a shop, get it, or cases at twelve, uh, shipped directly to your house. So it's kind of this fun way to kind of spread. I think a little bit of joy. Um, it really is a special product. I, I wasn't expecting it to be so um, gratifying. I, I don't know. You just like, cause it's got a spoon in there so you can actually like spoon and feed your dog as you're eating it. It's built into the cup, the spoon. And so uh, I, it's, it's been one of those projects that um, it kind of came as like a little, uh, you know, like a, um, just a side kind of fun, project that we were working on. Mm -hmm. I was kind of working on it for my dogs and we we're like, let's see if we can put this in a box and you know, put this out there in the market and see what people think. And so far is it, people are is really it loving it. Do it how it hasn't been out long, but so far what's No, we haven't launched it you? yet even. It comes oh, out Oh you haven't um, even launched it yet. I'm no, sorry. No, it comes out well I don't know when this podcast is coming out. Sorry, this is a but it comes out next Friday. The 26th. Oh so that would be the twenty sixth. Okay. Yeah. Well, well National about, Dog we'll Day. How about we can we release this either we're recording this a week before that so sure we can release this on that day because Ooh, yeah that'd be perfect then it comes out today <laughs> yes it's today so uh we're banking a few because i got some travel so we'll have yeah, yeah. two podcasts and we can, i love it i love actually, it actually yes yeah, so it's perfect we will re it'll be released and then we'll have to have you back we'll get National to have dog you back. day yeah. And find out how it's doing four or five months down the road. Now, this is interesting because it's not a necessary product at no. all. There's nobody who ever said, boy, <laughs> yeah. dogs will live longer and better if we have ice cream. However, we live in a society where dogs are a very important part of people's lives. Mm -hmm. And I see, oh, my God, people will buy stuff that I can't believe that they buy for their dogs. Like, they're not going to notice that. I'm not talking about food products, but just all the stuff to make their lives a little easier. Right. But I, I, I think people will really take to this because as long as the family's having fun, we get to do it for the dogs. And the spoons I laugh at because I always just take a, a bowl or if I buy something. <laughs> I, I've bought, we go to the, you know, live near the Tillamook yeah. uh, factory and we'll just go down there and I'll always get, often, not always, get something. And we just put the the plastic container in front of the dog and just watch them go to town. Yeah. I would never sit there and spoon it to them. I've but noticed that would be a fun thing. It is like each dog is different. So I have two dogs now. Um, we had three, in, um, but two now. I'm sorry. That, that no, was, just gone through and it was very similar. We would, we, I was, we were um, hand feeding her chicken liver mousse for the first, last six months of, of Billie Jean's yeah, life. It's um, tough stuff. It is hard. There is one. Well, anyways, yeah. Did you ever Billie get Jean, was that, was, was she named after uh, Michael Jackson's song or the tennis player? Uh, well, de both, depending on what you're looking for, but probably tennis player. Strong. Yeah. And maybe Michael Jackson made that song for her. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, see. So. Um, but more, more the tennis player. Strong female dog. Um, did you ever use the, there was that one, a droplet that we tested and it was like basically cbd for dogs and she just like it would um her appetite would blow up every time she had it um no i didn't i did do some cbd some gummies i tried but okay um, no 
Yeah, yeah. I didn't Anyways. go that route as much as I probably could have, but yeah. But it's for us, so much like, trial and error with that. I know, I know. We um, we so one dog. I've got we've got a Newfoundland and a Schnauzer now, um, and so <laughs> that's quite a combination. Yeah, Jet, just Jedi. Paint a, yeah, just a personal anecdote. You've mentioned Newfoundland. When I was in college, way back when, and I first met the woman who would become the mother of my children, she had a Newfoundland shipped to her from oh. somewhere I can't remember. Yeah. and we lived in Tucson. The yeah. dog arrived with a little Stare brain off. damage so oh, they no. sent a second dog so we had oh. two newfoundlands in like a 200 square foot cottage or oh. something yeah it was 250 square foot cottage oh, so, that's so i got to live in newfoundlands and speaking of cbd yeah. i remember i used to blow my smoke my pot smoke into that yeah. one of the dog's nose <laughs> And and you would just safe. watch her just yeah. lick it up, just licking at yeah. the air, trying to get more of that. So uh, I was oh, an early ice adopter. cream would have been perfect for that little. Right, we yeah. didn't. I didn't even think of it then. And who knows? I probably did. I can't remember much from that. So <laughs> all right, I'm sorry. Sorry, no, audience. No. Sorry, Tyler, for for going. I like that. that. It was direction. good. Uh, so anyway, it, the spoon in the cup is perfect for the Schnauzer. Neville loves eating off the spoon, just a little at a time. Jedi, Newfoundland, uh, he could care less. He would eat the packaging and all if he really, if we gave him the opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. So to each dog their own. Do you have, so yeah, you can, and uh, well, so you only have one flavor, so you can't, you don't vary up the image. I don't know. I haven't seen the packaging, um, you know, the paying yeah, image not, to different dogs. Yeah, no, just one flavor. I mean, how many... One day, maybe we'll, we'll we'll keep playing if this is really yeah, no, fun you, to keep. Hey, when you on. when you run out of when you run out of human creativity a little bit, the week that you're just having yeah. a tough time and I can't get into this, let's do some dog stuff. <laughs> uh, exactly. So, um, just uh, we've taken a lot of your time. I don't want to take much more, but I just want to hear <laughs> what is uh, you know, Salt and Star- Straw has grown quite a bit. And you just went through a pandemic where you probably couldn't fly so easily to go visit your new yeah. stores or your or visit places that you were thinking of opening. Yeah. Um, how how is the whole? How did Salt and Straw survive the pandemic? And how's mm-hmm. it looking going forward right now that we're we're not out of it, but it's not as it's it's not something that's all consuming for us anymore. I think I hope anybody who has yeah. it, it is. But yeah, no, it's um. It's tricky and it's still the here. And I think that's really important for people to understand. It's still something we all struggle with. You know, obviously our, our team struggles with it. It's state, you know, it still is a safety issue in many ways. Um, and supply chain is still struggling. Um, but it's been um, really interesting to grow back. We went from on March 19th, we had 800 employees. On March 21st, we had eight um of 2020 um and now we're back to a thousand you know so um we're in in many ways bigger um than ever but it's come at i think a lot of cost you know we lost a lot of great team members a lot of burnout um the team members that we were able to keep or you know just got exhausted um so it was there was a lot to go through um and there's a lot of of the company that had to change just the way that we, our style of service, the way we, um, I think we're still trying to figure out how to get back to kind of some of the styles and the comfort that we, that our team and our customers have in our space. 
Um, it's hard to kind of get back to what it was in 2019. Um, so it, that's tricky. Um, and it's hard to say how long it's going to take to get back, you know, get back to kind of that pre-pandemic um, style of service and just... Um, and then you never know what's coming down the pike, you know, right. Or if it'll ever. Yeah. Cause I think on layered on top of the pandemic was also so much in politics that kind of, um, yeah. obviously was already brewing. Um, and so there's so much divisiveness already on top of that. And, um, and it makes it hard to just be like, to encourage our customers and our team members to come as they are. Um, which has always been such an incredible, like an important core value to Salt and Straws to like be able to show up as your true self, um, and that's harder than ever when you're, you know, when you're wearing masks and you're um, maybe someone is not wearing a mask that should be, you know, like there, all these things are going through your head that kind of create a barrier from just being you. Um, and so or the uh, relaxing experience, exactly. a relaxing, wonderful experience. It mm -hmm. becomes, a everything's a little more stressful now. Mm -hmm. so, so, um, we're fighting that. Yeah. <laughs> good. Well, it's, I think probably it's less of a fight with a thousand employees than it was with eight. And the I problem so, yeah. throughout the pandemic that I noted, I'm not, I don't own a restaurant or, or a food business, but it was that you never knew exactly what was going to work. You had to try things and, and yeah. see what was going to work. And you have yeah. to worry about how it's going to work for employees, customers, mm -hmm. the business itself. So that's difficult. I would hope that some of those issues are, are getting are lessened a little bit now. And so mm -hmm. yeah, you get back sure. to what you do well. Mm -hmm. um, I just wanted to check with you. You know, the Portland food landscape has changed quite a bit. Yeah, it has. Uh, a lot Wild. from yeah. the last couple of years. I don't recognize a lot of it any longer. Um, and I'm just curious as to whether you found any new faves, uh, places you like to go along the way, maybe some sleepers that everybody wouldn't know about. I mean, you mentioned Canard. Everybody knows. I know. Most everybody knows about Canard. Yeah. But are there any spots that you're aware of that you're excited about? And uh, maybe oh. even on the coast, share a little of your coastal favorites, where you go. Have you been to ships out, Ship Out in Astoria yet? No. Uh -uh. The fish and chip place that's in a garden on a, a little food truck? No. That's one of my, that's one of my spots. Ship, ship Out? Okay, okay. Ship Out in Astoria. Yeah. Okay. And uh, it's good, and it's the cutest little spot, and it's a, it's a worthy little destination. for And good for a kid, too. There's room. There's room to roam. Cool. Okay, okay. I'm putting it on my list. Uh, it's a good question. Obviously, it's harder to get out <laughs> with a kid. Yeah, um, but now you can get yeah. out. We've been, obviously, we're really excited about Con. It's like the, everyone is talking about that. Um, we've been three times now. Um, oh, are you lucky? I couldn't I get a reservation. Well, I was limited when I could go, but I'm yeah, yeah. I've been, I will. I'm I was like, I was. I'm watching Gary Okazaki go every day, and I, I can't know. get in. So. I know he's very sneaky. Um, yeah. Uh, no, we yeah. So it's really good and it's fun. Um, I loved. You know, I got to, we got to go to Scotch Lodge, um, which mm -hmm. I don't know if you've been there yet. They opened right before the pandemic, and so it kind of like. You know, didn't quite get quite the buzz that it should have when it then when they opened, um, and it was so good. Oh my gosh, I loved it. Yeah, no, it's it's fantastic and it's a wonderful vibe too. I like the the atmosphere there as well. So. Yeah, but the food yeah. is great. They're really talented. Yeah. Um, and then we just I, the other day I went to well, 
See, these are not these are not secrets, I suppose. But went to Matt's right. Matt's Tacos. Um, mm-hmm. Those were just as I good think as for I more, remember. Fewer people know know would think about that than Khan. Yeah. Um, but yes, Matt, and you know, it, we over the pandemic we went into Eam a few times where he has. Oh my gosh, he's, uh, he's a so big part good. of that. Yeah. yeah, Eam is just incredible. Anything that Earl Ninsom does is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, he's um, like a. But yeah, I get that human. Matt's tacos that triggers me. I got to get over there too. I know at some point. Yeah, you do. It's good. So it what was about really, the really post? Good. Any you're in an area where you know you're twenty. When when you go to Gearhart, you're twenty miles north of where I am. Right. I don't. I, I go to Astoria, but I don't stop in Gearhart or Seaside very often. The McDonald's. I go to the McDonald's. It's the, only, it's the yeah. only fast food around. Gearhart is. I mean, it's really like it's. There's not a whole lot, but this the McMinimins there is just beautiful. And so it's hard to like go anywhere. There's a little cafe there as well. That's really nice Pacific Way Cafe. Um, but is really, that at the golf course is that the one that's at the, the McMinimins is at the golf course. Yeah. Yeah, Sand and, trap, I think it's called. Yeah, yeah. With the on the link style course, so it's fun to just hang out. There. That's it, that's really hard to beat. Honestly, it's so pretty. Um, oh, good. I haven't been there in years since I actually played golf there with the uh, Auto Dealer Association. Oh yeah, get back there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's but, my. But that's I'm slowing down on that because I used to, you know, the uh, the sand. Talk about sand trap yeah. on uh, Sunset Beach is tricky. You can go there in the oh. winter without a problem. I just recently got stuck. I hate to be one of those people. But oh, I, yeah, yeah. Get, Your truck? I had to get towed out. Yeah. Oh, no. So, yeah. Well, now I have a little hybrid. It, it, okay. It, it, there was no way it was going to make. The week before, it was fine. I went yeah. through the hard sand. The, the week later, forget it. it I don't do that very often anymore. I, yeah. Like, I, it has to be really nice and hard for me to go out. Because I got stuck, I think. when I, I remember, like, being 17 and getting stuck in Wash, uh, like Long Beach. I'm like, oh. Never well, you know, they have, there's a whole group of people who come and help tow you out, and they just want to tip, which is kind of oh, cool. Yeah, that's so, nice. Yeah. Um, but I yeah, didn't yeah. like that feeling, being one of those people. But yeah. for the first time ever, I parked outside of and walked in uh, last weekend. So um, <laughs> I do love stopping in there on my way to Astoria. It's a great spot yeah. for the dog. So. Oh, yeah. Um, listen, man, thank you. I really appreciate you taking thank the time. You. I know you're really busy. Oh, and that was, was so uh, awesome. Thank you for thank Yeah, you for it was your a time. treat. I'm excited. Yeah, no, thank you. And and the last time we did this, I thought, man, I just got to get together with Tyler more oh, often. Those too. things are difficult when you got a little family. Five years ago, business. too, right? That was a while ago. It yeah. was probably longer than that. We'll, oh. By the time we do the intro for this, we will know exactly when that was. Okay, okay. But yeah, it was probably five, six years ago. And we've oh. also had Kim on the, your, oh, right. your cousin Kim on the podcast. She's as more well, interesting so. than me. So good. <laughs> I don't. I, I'm not going to say one way or the other. I think you're both really interesting, Thank and I think you. that's why Salt and Straw is so great because <laughs> okay. you've got creative, you've got creative, active minds. Right? This is not. Mm-hmm. You can't imagine that someone who created that would be someone you'd have to drag a conversation, <laughs> drag through a conversation. This is not going to happen. We have our so. own uh, intricacies, that's for sure. <laughs> How, just one last question: How often do you two? converse how much time do you spend uh you know your team members of course yeah i remember when people used to be called employees and owners but now we're team members yeah and how often do you two you know talk about ice cream and how often do you talk about the business oh i think we talk daily but it's so funny we never know what it's it's kind of 
uh, it's frustrating because we never know what the other what what's going on in the other person's lives because we're just so like we get on for fifteen minutes a day and we're just like and then we like, we got to run um, so um, but it's usually there's a lot there's a lot to work on there's a lot to talk about at all times um, so daily give you daily but not I as much imagine, as I wish you know there was a time that I knew what was going on in her life. And I'm just realizing, I'm just thinking, since the pandemic, I remember her posting on Facebook about the pains of the pandemic early on mm-hmm. and how it was affecting Salt and Straw. I don't know either whether she's off of Facebook now. I'm out of the alg- mm. algorithm because I didn't like anything. Or <laughs> maybe, maybe she defriended me. I don't think that would have been the case. But uh, maybe. Who knows? You know, no, I know. think but she's... I haven't seen I her don't, in a long time. I hope she's well. And I, I know. Pardon me? Three kids, and they're both, like, all three of them are in sports at this point. So it's There you go. That explains it. So I'm not, I'm yeah. not going to take it personally. No, no, no. But I do. I, don't we, I hope we can catch up with her sometime. <laughs> um, you both are some of my favorite people that I, oh, I'm glad I have you. this podcast because it gives me the opportunity to at least chat once every five years. This and I haven't perfect. run into you. We're not doing events much anymore. We used to run into each other That's at events. That's the worst part. Places, I know. I yeah. Know. We need some. those opportunities are hope. I hope they come back at some point. So I can, I can once again, feel I'm glad again, I have this podcast because without this, it would be hard to feel like a part of this, the food community because oh, we're also yeah. isolated now. So no, it's tricky. So hopefully we'll be back to events and, uh, and we'll see you at one of those, but thanks. Deal. Great to yeah, see you here. You. And Kim, if you happen to listen all the way to the end of this interview, and I hope everybody <laughs> did because it was interesting. Uh, oh, yeah. hello and say hello sometime. So, yeah. um, thanks so much. Thank Tyler you, Malik of Salt and you. Straw. A real gentleman, and uh, go down and uh, enjoy it and order some of that doggy ice cream. I think it's going to do really well, especially oh, if you, you can mail order it. I think the mail order thing is, is, is a yeah, key. We'll just ship it right to the coast. There you go. I need all those things. Dude, I see all these delivery opportunities. They don't exist for me. <laughs> so out at the coast. It's like, please, can you get that to me? No, it's not happening. I got to go there. Now we got so, it. We got you. All right, man. Great. Okay. Thanks for getting me Thank and thanks you. for coming on. I appreciate it, man. Bye. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at Right at the Fork.com. 